enterprise resource planning solutions and their earlier incarnations have been around for nearly half a century. In recent years, large ERP solutions have slipped to the bottom of IT management's agenda to make way for more trendier topics like digital, big data, cloud, and agile. But the business benefits of ERP, that of enablement of seamless end-to-end integration across functions and the process standardization across geographies and business units have not gone away and continue to make ERP a fundamental asset for enterprises. The maturing cloud infrastructure and processes have also extended the adoption of ERP across businesses of all sizes and shapes. Despite the maturity, there remain hurdles to the successful adoption and modernization of ERP ideas and processes. In this podcast for Future CIO, we speak to three executives from different ERP solution providers to discover how to improve your odds in successfully deploying ERP. With us today are Andrew Ward, Senior Vice President, Consulting and Managed Services for Asia Pacific and Japan at Infor. Andrew, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Thanks, Al. We also have Arthur Fernandez, General Manager for Asia J-Core Solutions. Arthur, thank you for agreeing to be part of this discovery. Appreciate the opportunity, Alan. And last but not least, we have with us Paul Lee, the General Manager of Oracle NetSuite for Hong Kong and Taiwan. Paul, pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you, Alan, for having me in this interview. Let's start the discussion by asking the fundamental question. Why are businesses in Asia implementing ERP in the digital economy? Paul, can you answer it from a business perspective? Thank you, Alan. So actually, ERP has been a long-lasting taxonomy in the market for the last like 30 years. It automates the business operation and with the integrated application end-to-end business processes. In Asia, we have seen a couple of the, the key driver for need in the ERP. Number one, we have seen customer is actually ambitious and they are growing, expanding into the Asia-Pacific market. When the company is growing, it is naturally they would require more employee and also there would be more sophisticated processes. Human error and also complicated workflow would happen naturally. And when the company is expanding regionally, they will need a platform to actually manage the overseas business and that keep the headquarters to be on top of what is happening in the offshore offices. And the last but not least, actually the compliance and governance is becoming more and more important for CFO and also the CTO. Nowadays, executive will need the real-time information about the business and also the in-depth insights to make business decisions. This is more important for customers who are growing internationally as the legal system are different in every country and the ERP, especially a cloud ERP, can give them real-time disability automate processes and eliminate human error. All this can help customers eliminate a lot of risk. Arthur, what can you add to Paul's response? Thanks, Alan. Based on what we are seeing in the countries we work in, they are growth, data accuracy, and business collaboration. When I talk about growth, organizations are moving away from their off-the-shelf packages. They have multiple solutions in place for finance, CRM, inventory, e-commerce. Now, couple that with presence in multiple countries, their solutions are already quite diverse and and data all sits in different areas. So therefore, they don't have one single picture of the customer or even business information on the whole. The other part of that is we're also seeing a lot of organizations in Asia getting higher levels of 
funding typically means expansion plans is accelerated. Now, there lies the first challenge of having separate solutions in each country. The only way to go is a single ERP in that instance. The other part is data accuracy, accurate information being made available to managers, departments, individuals, board, and even external parties. So, of course, they need that. And as they grow into multiple countries, they need that even more. Now, compliance and security of data, of course, that is the biggest risk in any organization right now. And having the right systems in place to make sure that that is all covered as well as the day-to-day running uh, is critical. Now, of course, that leads into the cybersecurity part. So it is a paramount to where the business sits. Having your data sit in multiple platforms adds to the risk. Having that data being exposed to the outside world. So essentially, they need to take control of their data. Now, business collaboration, as I mentioned, more organizations are being funded, which leads to opportunities in business collaborations. These collaborations are no longer just on paper. They are a process. They're system integrations. Without having an ERP in place, businesses are losing out on the opportunity to growth. Finally, Andrew, what do you see is the overarching reason for this interest in ERP? Yeah, I don't think it changes much based on whether we're in times of plenty or times of crisis. Generally speaking, people are implementing ERP systems for very much the same reasons and rationale. And it tends to come down to driving revenues, maximizing productivity, and informing managers better for their future decisions. So very much it's all about making sure we're getting information to the right people at the right time uh, as, as fast and accurate as possible. We have a theme here, folks. Moving on, what makes for a successful ERP implementation? Paul, why don't you start? Yeah, ERP system is indeed affecting many aspects of the businesses. The implementation of the ERP could become very large and lengthy project. It takes months or even years. Poorly defined goals and requirements could further delay the projects. The most important factor would be executive support. Only with the executive support, the top management advocate could encourage the buy-in from the whole organization to a new ERP as we are expecting changes in the business processes. Next, the ERP implementation team would be very important. The people makes the difference. Any large project will require skilled and committed team. ERP projects could be no exception. A good ERP implementation team should include key persons from different parts of the organization and all levels of seniorities. It is not only an IT project, it is also a business project. Business user involvement is very critical and important. I think next would be the employee involvement to increase the user adoption and also the clearly defined project scope. From next week, we encourage land and expand strategy. That means projects should be trimmed down into multiple phases. We call it the stairway. With the breakdown of a large project into smaller pieces, we can increase the project success rate and then we can encourage some quick wins. These quick wins can improve user adoptions and also lower the project risk. Well, I kind of look at it this way. It, it isn't so much what makes a successful implementation, but when are you actually going to measure it? To me, every ERP purchase and implementation is done based on some form of business case. It could be formal, it could be informal, but there's always a business outcome in view. A better inventory control, better cash flow management, sometimes it's just simply better access to data and reporting. It's really common to hear people say we've outgrown our old system, but you've, you've got to look a year or two years post go live to really determine if we did our job well. Has it met that need? Are people happy leveraging their technology? That's what's really important here. Thanks, Andrew. 
Arthur, Andrew somehow alluded to my next question. Who decides that an ERP implementation is successful? Success comes from the outputs achieved. Now, if I take the types of roles where they see the success, so from a CFO perspective, they're typically looking at the overall cost, the ROI over X number of years, key improvements in the overall numbers, and of course, process and streamlined management reporting. Now, if I look from a COO perspective, they will be looking at the cost of operational delivery, efficiencies, and improvements in the metrics. Now, of course, business heads will like to utilize the KPIs to continually improve the outputs and have a team growth, right? So it's all about growing their divisions and growing the, the, the customer base. Hey, Arthur, just out of curiosity, is there such a thing as a mediocre ERP implementation? An organization can go down the path of undertaking an ERP implementation. The levels of measure come from the overall goals and the outputs that is achieved either at the organization or the business department, right? So that when I talk about business department, that could be the finance, that could be the supply chain. That's where the solutions typically lay it. Now, at a business level, if a business department is deploying an ERP solution, the gains achieved may not be considered mediocre to them, but from an organizational level, level, it may be deemed so because other business areas do not see the benefit yet. How about you, Andrew? Do you agree that there are mediocre ERP implementations out there? I think you'd have to say the answer is yes. I mean, almost every enterprise today has an ERP system. A lot of the work we do is converting clients from one system to onto our technology. So it's fair to say there's a, be a level of dissatisfaction in ERP implementations. It's not the only reason. People also change ERPs due to M&A activity and, and things like that. But often it's just that ERP systems, even if they started well, can tend to weaken over time if you're not maintaining the environment well. Many ERP were built using decades-old waterfall methodology. Now, Paul, can you incorporate agile methodologies inside ERP today? Agile principle and traditional ERP implementation are always seems to be contradictory to many legacy IT professionals. However, we do see the the benefits of going agile in ERP implementation. In reality, many customers are lacking highly skilled managers to manage the IT projects. Next week, we encourage customers to break down a complex and large-scale project into phases. This, this is the steroid approach that I mentioned. The critical and fundamental modules are implemented first, followed by more sophisticated and advanced modules in the later phases. So when this happens, only the key user from the functional areas will take an active role. When this first phase has go live, this set of the key user will be very experienced one in the configuration, implementation, testing, and supporting the Yagi system. Naturally, they have become the ambassador for the project to advocate, to encourage the internal user to actually use the software. Arthur, care to add to Paul's response? The time when BHP projects takes more than 12 months should no longer be the case. If you want quicker returns, approaching any delivery in an agile approach is key. Let's understand what agile is. Essentially, it's to enable teams to quickly model solutions, incorporate feedback, and adjust scope as they need it throughout the project life cycles. That also includes not only your standard ERP, but also customization. Example, customization is the perfect example where agile is used. The requirements are gathered, the stories are written, customization built and delivered. Last, of course, is Andrew. What's your view about Agile and ERP? Yeah, absolutely. The ch- there is a challenge, though. The challenge of Agile 
is to make sure that everybody is on the same page with great clarity as to what we're trying to do and equal commitment to moving at pace. I've worked with many clients in different regions, and maybe Japan is the best example here, where people will sometimes say they want to be agile, but when you actually look at what they want to do, it's 100% waterfall. So we spend a fair bit of time working with clients around our agility methodology, which incorporates the agile principles. We follow what we refer to as the 60-30-10 model, which is essentially 60% out of the box, 30% standard configurations, and only the last 10% actually getting into extensions. When you embark on an agile approach, we are very much emphasizing both the 60 and the 30 to go very quick, and we are bringing our expertise as best as possible to the table to make sure that the customer can understand what we want to do, rapidly make a decision, and get it into that pilot so that they can actually look at it and say, Yep, that's what I want. Let's work with that. Finally, course corrections or changes. Are course changes an acceptable practice in ERP implementations? Arthur, let's start with you. In short, yes. Now, why? When you embark on an ERP implementation, the set of overall goals and assuming you're working with a correct implementation team, that takes a consultative approach. The organization, the managers, the teams, individuals will understand what is capable in any given ERP implementation. Now, we'll request changes and therefore change the, the scope of the project. Now, that correction is not a negative. In fact, it is a sign that the organization is willing to learn and and adapt to changes ultimately leading to lower costs and realization of having a ERP solution delivered. Thanks, Arthur. Paul, what about you? Are course changes acceptable if not necessary? There is always a debate, actually, what level of change is acceptable for the course change. Correction in goals and implementation cycle always happen. Change is actually a constant in today's environment. Throughout the implementation, there will be identified change requirement. However, necessary correction has to be included under proper project governance. This is why we need a good implementation team that would include the top management, IT and also the business. Major change has to be governed by the project management and also the company executive. Many ERP projects actually failed in the past because the ERP was configured as a big monster where the business user will never use it. Running a ERP implementation like a pure IT project will not actually help. This will require certain level of agility and also the software flexibility. Thank you, Paul. Finally, can I get Andrew's take on the same question around the necessity of course changes? I've seen many project managers over time that will sit there and say, I have a contract, I have a scope, I'm going to execute this exactly as it was signed. But in many ways, it's a lot like selling someone a package tour and then saying they can't visit a temple they want to see or a monument that they want to visit. It's critical that we work hand in glove with customers because changes do turn up. As they learn our technology better, they become exposed to things they didn't even know was possible. So I think every implementation that I've worked on in the past, let's go with decade, has had some level of course change to optimize the outcome. And, and we'd like to encourage customers to do that. And that brings us to the end of this special edition of Podchats for Future CIO. I would like to thank our special guest, Mr. Paul Lee, General Manager of Oracle NetSuite for Hong Kong and Taiwan, Mr. Arthur Fernandez, General Manager for Asia, J-Curve Solutions, 
and Andrew Ward, Senior Vice President, Consulting and Managed Services for Asia Pacific and Japan at Infor, for participating in our discovery into how to improve your ERP odds. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.